Hey everybody, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. I'm uh, broadcasting to you right now from a yoga ball in my bedroom in cloudy Cleveland, Ohio. And let me tell you, I am glad that I got the chance to pull away and record a podcast for you guys because I have been absolutely swimming in uh, creative projects at the moment. If you've uh, been listening to this show for a while or you're coming in and out, um, I kind of explained earlier in the year that uh, my band got an incredible opportunity to uh, finish recording an album that we've been working on for like two years. We have um, a couple of studios that have opened up to us and allowed us to record, you know, basically as much as we want, which is a huge deal because normally you have to pay by the hour for studio time. Uh, But since we haven't had to do that, we've been able to pour hours and hours over every last little detail, you know, every last little guitar squeal is in exactly the place we want it to be. But anyway, if you've never made an album before, it is a ton of work, especially when you're coming up near the end. And uh, right now we are we are at that point. We are almost done recording and the work is just beginning because we've got to mix it and master it and figure out how to get it out into the world. Um, But one thing that you can keep your eye out for is sometime this week, as of the time of this recording, In the next week or so, we should be finally launching a fundraiser campaign. Uh, We're going with Indiegogo, and so we actually need about $5,000 to make this thing happen. Otherwise, it will just sit on our computers, lonely and sad. But $5,000 honestly isn't that much. I know that will make it happen, and I cannot wait to get this music into your ears. So that's where I've been. I've been spending all of my free time just working away in the studio and I'm really, really, really excited for this thing to come out. Other than that, I've been uh, going back to school. I've been uh, training for a new position at my job. I've just had a ton of stuff going on so I haven't really been able to do much podcasting. But on top of all of that, um, my wife and I had the amazing um, opportunity to go to Tampa, Florida with our dear friends, Matt and Katie Spinks for a, just a quick 48 hours, but man, was it fun and glorious and juicy. And you can actually listen to, um, all the testimonies of that time I shared in the last episode. It's called God stories, miracles in Florida. Check that out. If you want to hear stories of supernatural healings, um, gold dust, glory clouds, and all kinds of stuff. It was absolutely amazing, but I also did get to preach while I was there, and that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Because if if you've been paying any attention at all to what's been happening in the uh, in the church world over the last year, you might have noticed that um, the prophetic movement has taken quite a beating. In the credibility department, um, with all of these uh, predictions of a certain someone who was allegedly supposed to be president or not or whatever, that's not really a point that I want to dive into too much. But the point I want to make is that in the wake of all of these people who have been called prophets for so long, saying so loudly and so clearly that X is going to happen at X time and it's going to look like X 
And here we are, and none of that has come to pass in any way the way they said it would. Well, that's left a lot of people wondering, like, is the prophetic real? Is it trustworthy? How can I how can I trust that I'm hearing the voice of the Lord when obviously a lot of people are, at least on the surface, hearing wrong? What is the deal? And I've just noticed a lot of people getting um, pretty jaded. And uh, what I want to say is, like Paul wrote in the Bible, that we are to desire the gift of prophecy above everything else. And the reason for that is he ties it into love, which he, he says is the only true worthy pursuit. So prophecy at the end of the day is not about knowing the future so much as it is a, a supernatural God-given gift for us to be able to love each other well. And so all prophetic really should be rooted in love. And so that's what my sermon was about. And uh, I got everybody together and I had them practice on each other. We got a fresh activation and just hearing the voice of the Lord. And um, I think that if, if you've been having any questions about the prophetic movement or even just hearing the voice of God, I really believe that this message is going to mean something to you. Um, and I'm hoping that it gives you a sort of a fresh inspiration or really just a fresh look at how valuable and how wonderful it is that our God is the God who speaks. You know, we don't serve a concept. We don't serve a contract. We don't serve a distant clockmaker universe designer in the sky who doesn't really interact with us. No, we have a living, breathing, personal relationship with a real, loving Father. And just like Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. It really is possible to hear from God on a day-to-day -day basis. And so with all of that out of the way, I, I don't really have any commercials for you or anything this time around, except for just keep your eyes out for my band's fundraiser. Um, I'll be talking about it on here more. But other than that, let's dive right in. This is my sermon from the Milk and Honey Glory event in Tampa, Florida. Finally be a move of God. 
I don't know, like, I, I just got so burnt out on that stuff. And then I meet people in my world, in my circle, who, like, have come to me, like, in tears because they're like, I've got these, like, massive words of destiny, but it's like a trap. Like, I feel stuck with them. Like, I don't know how to make that happen. And it's because there's just such this thing in the prophetic movement of, like, it's always putting it out there, and it's always putting this onus on you to go out and get stuff done. And yep. you know, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a, a triple A plumber who reaches billions of people in Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, but it's never. But I, I <laughs> and that just doesn't produce anything really good. But I also know sometimes our tendency to just be like, well, if they're if that's been done wrong. I'm just going to throw that out. But what I want to talk about is how fun and amazing and good it can be. It's just like how how exciting Come and on. wonderful and amazing yeah. the gift of prophecy is and how you all have it and how absolutely jacked up it can be when it's built on the right foundation. Because here, here's what I think kind of goes wrong. It's um... I think really good experiences can turn sour when they're born out of bad theology. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's three like major mistakes that people make with prophecy. And some of you, let me just go through them. Because I, I, what I want to do is kind of throw that out and just be like, okay, that's not what it is. So then what is it? And let's see what we can work with together. And then I want to just do some practicing and have some fun with it. So. Uh, what it's not is a lot of people who are in the fact of it, their biggest template for it is the old covenant. And for them, like, the old covenant was all about having prophets, right? Having one person whose job it is to hear from God, to speak to everybody else. But how do you guys know we're in a new, 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 new covenant? It's about communing with God himself. But the second is 
it's born out of this works culture, this work, this driven career purpose driven destiny thing where all the good stuff is out there somewhere and like once you get that thing or once you start walking in that thing then you'll be happy or then you know you'll be finally you know finally arrive at your place right but new covenant prophecy you know this is is actually about simply pointing to what jesus did what he already accomplished that he already brought heaven to earth that he already every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been showered on you now and prophecy is just there to remind you of that there is no there here's my prophetic word there is no brighter day <laughs> There's just the day of the Lord we're in it. And then the last like grave misunderstanding of what it is is that it's supposed to like expose sin. But um, it doesn't take any faith, it doesn't take anything supernatural really at all to see something wrong with people. <laughs> How is that? How is that helpful? No, conviction assists the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. And basically, essentially how it works is people know when they have stuff going on. They don't need somebody to come along and say it. What they need is someone to say, this is who you really are. And if there's, if there's like a distance between who they're acting like and who they really are, they'll know it. And they'll want to run to what you're saying. And that's conviction. Right? It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Once they see what it's really like, we saw it today. Actually, we went out today on the beach. And it was so amazing. Like, we ran into so many people. You can tell they're just like here to party and they're just here to drink and not the way we do. You know what I mean? Like, they were here to get like tanked on alcohol. But, like, they got around us. We had such a swirl of glory around us that we'd say, hey, can we pray for you? Instantly, something in their heart broke. And they, like, we had people say, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I believe. I want this. I want what you're talking about. I want this. And we didn't come to them saying, yeah, we know all the bad stuff you've been doing. We were just like, no, this is who you are. This is what Jesus sees when he looks at you. This is the truth about who. And all of a sudden, it's like they come running out of wherever they've been hiding, like back into that light. That repentance takes place because they're drawn into that sweet honey. That's really what it comes down to. But if we know what it's not, if it's not calling out people's sin, if it's not trying to predict the future, trying to figure out who the next president is. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I mean, how many, honestly, it's been a very offensive year. It's been a real downer year for the gift of prophecy. It's taken a real beating this year. <laughs> Praise God, but I think out, out with the bad and in with the good. You know what I mean? Like, if, if our if our idea of what the prophetic is has to take a real beating so we can actually enjoy what it really is, that's no love lost. You know what I mean? What is Prophecy. Well, let's just flip on over to the old good word. It says this. This is Paul. This is Paul speaking. It says, pursue, <laughs> pursue love, love, yet 
desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in his tongue, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. But this is where we get to the heart of it. It says, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Essentially, to encourage, to build up, and to comfort. Okay? Let's break this down. The word, uh, the word edify is like the word edifice, right? It means to build up. And so Jesus is the master builder. He's building something in this body. He's building us like living stones. And what happens is you begin to see what he sees over somebody. And you can, this is what's amazing about prophecies. You can actually make a deposit into someone's life. You can actually like build them up. You can actually begin, like somebody might feel stuck or lost or like not really sure what's going on. And you can actually help them put the pieces together and build something amazing. You can partner. Your words meet with God's words, right? God spoke and there was light, right? When Jesus speaks something, it releases something, it creates something. And so when people are walking through life feeling like something's missing and all of a sudden you speak the gospel into their life, something is created. Yeah. Created, co-creating, right? What's so fun about that, I think this is where a little bit of the future, I think there is something of a future aspect to prophecy. It's just that it's got to be rooted in what he's already done. Do you know what I'm saying? It can't be rooted in like, how can I get you to look for a better day? But how can I adjust to help you when you can't see it? How can I adjust to help you see what he's building, what he's already done, what's going on? Like, what does God see from his perspective? And you can actually partner with that, right? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. It's a holy, amazing gift to be able to, to have someone come into your life and then speak the words of God, right? Um, it, like, Peter knew this just instinctively. He knows when Jesus speaks, stuff happens, right? That's why he, he, he's out on the water. He says, Jesus, he's seen it happen a million times. When Jesus speaks, something, something happens, right? Um, and he, he said, if you really are Jesus, say the word. And I'll come out to you on the water. Because he knows. Jesus speaks that word. All of a sudden, what wasn't possible before is suddenly possible. So he says, okay, come to me. And all of a sudden, the guy who's never walked on water a day in his life, he steps down and it's solid beneath his feet, right? He was doing it. So how exciting is it when you can actually, like, perceive in your spirit what God wants to speak to somebody and actually release it? It's fun. It's amazing. I, and I've seen that change people's lives. In fact, I could say I'm a good example of that. Um, yeah. For example, the, I think the first prophetic word I ever got, ever, was I was I was like fresh out of like conservative Christian culture. It was my first time ever being in any sort of Holy Spirit environment. 
And this lady comes like whirling up to me with a shofar. And she, she blows the shofar in my face and goes up and down my body. Like, and she says, now turn around. I'm like, okay. And she goes up and down my body. And I'm like, <laughs> no, literally no idea what just happened. And then she she says, I drew you this picture, and it was me, it was my profile, but it was covered in golden light. And she says, you're a person of joy. You're a person of joy, and people are going to know you for your joy. So it was, in a sense, a future thing, but it was also like a very much like, this is what God actually is already saying is true. And in that moment, I thought she was a nut job. Not just because of the show bar, but because at that time, I was really deeply struggling with depression. I felt so lost and sad, you know. But when she spoke those words, it was like a confrontation of different reality. Like, I did not see, therefore I thought the word was false. But it's not about the future. What she was actually doing was speaking that seed of life into me. And it grew. And over the years, I began to realize, hey, that lady was right. Because all of a sudden, I started to experience the laughter of God. I began to experience joy. I, and, and, and I've had people say to me, like, I just love your joy. And when people think of me, they think of joy. And that's just so crazy to me because of where I was. So... <laughs> Like, you don't even really have to necessarily get it right in the person's eyes because all you're doing is speaking that grace into their life. Okay, the next one, it says prophecy is to encourage or to, it's to exhort, which means to like spark, it means to energize, it means to release, uh, it means to, yeah, encourage, to stir up, right? It says says to provoke one another to good works. And how many of you know sometimes, like, you might just feel a little bit stuck, like, maybe you've got an idea, like, man, it'd be so cool if I started a bakery for bliss, I don't know, and then all of a sudden someone comes along, right, a bliss bakery. And you're like, nah, that's dumb. I don't know. I just, that's a dumb idea. I don't know. And then someone comes along and says, hey, I just saw you, and you were baking stuff, and it was called a bliss bakery. And all of a sudden, your heart goes, yes, I'm seen, I'm known, and I actually am plugged into this thing. My desires are his desires. Like, it's so fun to just be able to see what's going on in people's hearts and speak life to it, speak uh, energy into it, to energize, right? There's an, there's an electricity on prophecy when done right. When you're not saying, hey, you're going to mean something. You're going to matter when you do this thing. It's no, hey, it's God's. God is giving you these ideas. You're so fun. Oh, you're just energetic. You're just watering the seeds. And then the last one is to comfort. And that's really what we saw today was, you know, like we... We know, we know the gospel, we know it's so good, we know the bliss we have, we walk in encouragement. But how do you guys know, like, 2020 for a lot of people was a really, really tough year. People were just going through it, losing loved ones, whatever. And it, it's like they're locked in together. They can't see it. Like, it takes no faith to see a disaster, it takes no faith to see it. But what it does take faith to see is that it's always still really good in Jesus. You know what I mean? It is all good. It is all good. It is all good. And 
in that reality and you talk to someone who's who's not feeling it and you just begin to remind them supernaturally your words dripping with grace it is all good all of a sudden you can see stuff just fall off of people and they're like oh it's true we saw today there was a lady who came to our little stand where we're hanging out water. She was so distraught that when I just simply said the words, can I pray for you? She burst in tears because there was just such a comfort. And prophecy is not, it's not even about the words you say, it's a spirit, right? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You could say something that's so not profound and as far, it's not, it's just like not eloquent. You know, you might be real bad at not talking real good, but but like when you're flowing in the spirit of prophecy, you can say the word butter and people just feel the comfort of God. You know what I mean? Just say you just you grab your neighbor and say butter. Butter. You see what I mean? It's an anointing. It's an anointing to help people see what they can't see. Because I have those days, like I know the truth, but there's some days where no matter what, what I try, I just kind of can't feel it. I can't see it. And somebody in my community comes along and just like they're flowing in that prophecy and they just say, they just remind me of the truth. They bring me right in. Ooh. Let's talk a little more though. Paul goes on to say, <laughs> that's what it is. It's, it's to edify, it's to exhort, and it's to comfort. And it's, it's not, you gotta hear it, it's a supernatural gift. It's supernatural. Like, yeah, I can just go up to somebody and say, hey, I like your shoes, I like your hair, I like you're a really nice person. That is very encouraging, that's good. But this is an anointing to where it's like you're releasing something of a supernatural encouragement. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Paul goes on to say in verses 23 to 25, he says, Therefore, if the whole of church assembles together and all speak in tongues, and ungifted men, or <laughs> I don't want to name names, but when ungifted men enter <laughs> It says, or unbelievers, um, would they not say that you're mad? But if all, if all prophesy and an unbeliever or ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all and he is called to account by all. Remember, we started with love. It's pursue love and on top of that prophecy because it's related. And then conviction is not about calling out people's secret sins. It says this, it says the secrets of his heart are disclosed so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. Example, earlier today, okay, I wasn't calling out this lady's sin at all, but the Lord was showing me secrets of her heart. I saw this picture over her and it was Jesus blowing up this, this anniversary balloon and I, you know, like how it will have like your 50th birthday or whatever. It's like, like number balloons. And I saw like the I saw the number five, and I was asking her about like anniversaries. And she said, Yeah, like five years ago, I was in a really bad relationship, and I decided to leave. And I just, she, but she still felt alone in that. And I said, God is celebrating that. And you know, she was just wrecked by it because the secret, the the secrets of someone's heart being laid bare is not about 
exposing what they're trying to hide. It's simply helping them understand God is real and he sees you and he knows you to the deepest degree. He absolutely loves you. And if they don't know that, all of a sudden it's like it becomes real to them. Have you guys had a moment where Jesus just ceases to be theology and he becomes like a real living, breathing person? But I love that. I love that. It says somebody will walk in your meeting and fall on their face and worship God and say God's with you. Wow. But it's nice. That's a really good place to be when people just falling down on their face. But even just a little spoonful, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, people worship, like, love the prophetic superstars. And I'm like, even just a little bit of this, and people are like, the waterworks flow. You know what I mean? But what is the heart of prophecy? The point of prophecy is really this. Revelation 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Right? Um, John said, what was from the beginning? What we have seen and heard. <laughs> what we have looked at with our eyes and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, right? It is it is a real living, breathing fellowship that he's brought us into. And when you you get to be his witnesses, when Jesus was ascending, he said, I give you the power to what? To be my witnesses. And people talk about witnessing like, well, it's going around and getting people saved and filling out cards. Well, not really. What it is is saying, do you see what I see? Do you see what he's done? And when you witness, when you talk about, when you testify, when you share who he is and what he has done, there is a tangible, weighty, powerful anointing on it. And all the prophecy is for is doing whatever it takes, saying whatever needs to be said that that person needs to hear in the moment to help them see Jesus. Wow. Wow. That's why there's not a lot of glory. Because those are, they're not witnessing to what's here. They're, they're continually pulling people away from that to look to something else, right? But just because that's how it's been done doesn't mean we have to throw that all out. The baby with the bathwater, right? We can actually enjoy the wonderful, amazing, supernatural gift. But what I, what I, I said something about childlikeness earlier, and this is kind of what I really wanted to bring it into. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. That's the bathwater. Bathwater stanky. Someone, someone left the present about it. We need to childlike, we need to childlike faith in a minute, but. You guys know this, what? I'm always interested. I'm like a, like a glory scientist. Like I want to know, like what, how does, how does this work? I want to partner with God. You know, like I know, like when I share testimonies, like when I talk about the fact that somebody leapt out of a wheelchair today, like it does something to people. I know that. 
that's, a, that's like a principle. Shame. But this principle of like what really brings the power, what really releases the anointing is witnessing what Jesus has done. And what has he done? Friends, we know this. Romans 5.18, if one by one trespass, all men died. By the one act of righteousness, all are alive, right? All, everybody. He rescued the whole day planet. The same many that fell in Adam are the same many who are alive in Christ. You know, 1 Corinthians, it says, all in Adam died, but all are made alive in Christ. start sharing that, all of a sudden you can feel the electricity in the room, you can feel the angels begin to swirl because the word, that's the word of God not this is coming and that is coming but he has done it, he has saved us and it says if we have died with him we have died in the likeness of his death so we will share in the likeness of his resurrection like everything that Jesus is and experiences as the resurrected God is what you get to experience right here now. Oh, it's mind-blowing. As he is, so are you. Oh. And all prophecy is, it's not about the words you say. It's not, it's, it's not about the predictions. It is simply, I think prophecy is a spiritual gift of seeing the entire world the way that it really is. Yes. People always say, well, I'm, I'm, they'll vent a bunch of negativity and be like, well, I'm just keeping no. it real. No. Like, no. That's speaking from experience. But prophecy sees the whole world and everyone in it from God's perspective. Save, like yeah. faith of God, right? You see yeah. what he sees. And when you live out of that, when you see everywhere you go, you cannot help but see the glory. When every person that you come across, you're just like, oh, just overcome with how radiant they are, with how precious they are, with how dead they are to the old life, to whatever they think is, <laughs> whatever deception they're lost in, like, it's not even real. You're keeping it real when you just speak to that. And that's what I want to pray to release tonight. It's just like, we, I don't know, we live in a world that's so formed around beating people down and everybody, like, yeah. the, all the most popular YouTube channels are like people roasting each other or like yeah, yeah, exposing yeah. each other. But I want to expose something different. Oh, uh, I want to see what is. Yeah. Yeah. There's one more passage I want to read. That I think really gets to the heart of not only what prophecy is, but just Christian, what is ministry in general? But it says, if, <laughs> if we are beside ourselves, <laughs> it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this. That if one died for all, therefore all have died. says the word if a lot, but if really just means since, right? Yes, yes. It's not if blah 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 happens, it's it's like if this is true, and it is, 
then this is, you know what I mean, like that. It's a sense. It says, like, if someone shares in the likeness of his death, then they are sharing in his resurrection. Well, if all have died, I mean, honestly, you can't get around this. You can't weasel out of this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like who did Jesus die for? It says, he, be, he became our explanation, not only for our sins, but for the whole world. And if he died for all, therefore all have died. Like, this thing is true for everybody. And so in response to that, Paul says, therefore, from now on, we recognize nobody according to the flesh. What does that mean? It says, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. What does that mean? When, when the disciples first met Jesus, they thought he was just a flesh and blood dude like everybody else. Right? They thought, like, uh, this is a guy from Nazareth. I've got him sized up. I got him figured out. But all of a sudden, they see, oh, wait, no. There's a whole nother reality about this guy. Right? There's a whole nother universe of stuff happening besides what I can physically see with my eyes. Well, friends, I want to tell you that that's true about every single person on this planet. The world, and it takes no faith to see what everybody else sees. A homeless guy, a guy in a suit, you know? But when you see with the eyes of faith, you see like, oh, there's something else true about you, that you died in Christ and you're alive in heaven. Yes, yes, yes. It just takes a supernatural power to see that sometimes, you know? Think about it this way. This is, we're getting to this idea of witnessing. Like, if somebody commits a crime, like a really heinous, horrible crime, that one act, as far as the world is concerned, defines them forever, right? Like, that guy could, like, plant a million trees and, like, rescue 80,000 puppies and, like, you know, just hand out suckers every day at the county fair, but he's always going to be that guy that did that thing. Exactly. But yes. we have a completely different reference point. Whoa. Is that no matter how many people you've killed or how many things you've done, there's only one thing, in my opinion, in my estimation, that defines you, and that is that one died for all, yes. therefore all have died. Does that make sense? Scandal. And again, the whole world. Who, who is in Christ? Well, everybody who is in Adam. Right? It says, again, if is not conditional, if is confirming, saying, if anyone's in Christ, and they are, then they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Right? Seeing that, living that, but not just believing that, but really feeling that. Like, do you, like I just want to ask, like, do you feel that? Like, I feel that. Oh, dude. I just don't even see people in the flesh anymore. I just see, like, flowers around them. Like, I just see halos of light. Like, I just see glorious, glorious, beautiful children. All I see is Jesus. And my point is, to wrap it up, <laughs> think about it 
in heaven, in the midst of all of that, there's a throne. This is on the throne. Is a lamb. Appearing as slain. Like all of the decisions, all of the attitudes, all of the very center of heaven is based around that fact that one died for all. Therefore all died. And so when you orient your life around that, when you join in with that heavenly truth, when you see that for what it really is, and you live from that place, yes. everything you speak becomes a prophetic word. That's it. Because it's news to them. <laughs> right? Somebody can come to me just literally beating themselves up and just, I'm a horrible person, and I just don't even... I just didn't yeah. see that. I just no, you yeah. are flawless. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And just like I mentioned earlier with my first prophetic word to them, they might be like, you're dead wrong. <laughs> but I know that when I see what Jesus is seeing and I'm speaking what Jesus is speaking, it doesn't matter what their past experience is because yeah. I'm edifying. Wow. I'm releasing a seed. I'm yeah. depositing Great. that truth which will take root into them. And so <laughs> it's nice when people receive it. They don't even have to. You can just launch off prophetic bombs everywhere you go. I love doing that. My new favorite thing, I love how, oh, I'm getting excited. Yeah. I love what this can do, especially because I love evangelizing. Like, that's just who I am. I'm an evangelist. I'm a good news teller is all that means, you know? I'm just wired to share this good news with people. But my favorite thing, my most powerful, incredible encounters, like out on the streets, out doing whatever, have been when I cut everything else out and I just start prophesying, like point blank over people. Yeah. And I'll literally, I feel the spirit of prophecy on me, and I'll just, I'll just walk up to people and be like, has anyone ever told you that you are absolutely delighted and that God loves every hair on your head, that before you were ever born, before you ever made your first decision, God chose you and chose to put you in his family. Has anyone ever told you that God would rather bleed and die than not have you in his family, that you are his kin? You know, I, like, you just start speaking this stuff to people, and I've watched it, like, people just melt. Like, there is no saying no to that. It's just like the truth. this up but um one time i did that i was just i was at walmart and something came over me i saw these two youths in the in the corner like whatever they were just teenagers i don't know how you say it whatever a band of broken youths shopping in auto parts and I saw them, and it was just all this. I just felt the weightiness of God on me, and I just went up to them, and just like I said, just blah 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 blah. Did you know God says this? Blah blah blah. He loves me. And I watched them like go from like that hardened, like teenage, I'm too cool for you exterior to just like. And all of a sudden, I said, have you ever met Jesus before? Like, no. I said, put your hands out. He wants to show you that he's real. And so they did. And then he said, oh, my goodness, I feel like something on my neck and my back and my hands. And we're right there in Walmart. We look down, and there's gold dust forming all over his hands. And he and his friends are like, what is happening? 
started just like, God just wants you to know how loved you are, how special you are. And he starts giving me words of knowledge. And do you have any like problems with your body? Like, is there something going on in your left wrist? And he goes, yeah, I just like sprained my left wrist and I can't play football right now. I'm really concerned about it. I said, let me pray for you. I pray he gets healed. He starts doing push-ups on the ground. Like, he can't make it hurt. He's freaking out. His friend's, like, weeping. And then people start watching because it's a scene. And all of it started because I'm just aware of this realm. It's not about what I said. It's not the content. It's, it's, It's just that I was seen in a different spot, and I was speaking what I saw. That's it. So you all have that. If you can all see what Jesus sees, then you have to get the prophecy. That's plain and simple.